0: Hey, hey, y'all. If you want to head to our website to check out all the different things Pizzazz offers, then just head to pizzazzart.com. That's P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. You will see our online memberships. We've got kids club memberships, our lettering club membership, our one project a month membership. We call that paint and praise. You will see some freebies that we've got there for you. And you'll see our local classes if you're local. So Head to the website, check it out, pizzazzart.com, P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. Hey, y'all. I am excited to have an author on today that I think that y'all are really going to enjoy. Sierra Myers has written a book called glasses off. And I have been diving into it and there are lots of things underlined and a lot of things that I relate to. She is going to share with us a little bit today just on her inspiration for writing the book. And there are some cool things that I want her to pull out. She has a chapter in chapter eight about seven steps to embrace and fulfill God's vision. So Sierra, thank you for being on today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Could you give our listeners just a little background into kind of who you are, what you do, and what prompted you to write this book?
1: Sure. Yeah. So it's kind of strange, kind of a funny story. The title of the book actually inspired the writing. So I was creating content for brands and for my blog and working on our family business. We have a little counseling practice in our area that my husband and I own and operate together. And then... I was raising my two kiddos at home, and I just felt the Lord telling me to stop the digital work, and I ignored that prompting for as long as I could, like thinking, well, why would he want me to stop doing this work I'm doing? And it was honorable work, and it gave me the flexibility to be home and to be creative, which are both important for me in the season, but that impression never left me. So, I mean, it probably took about a year before I really decided, okay, I think this is from the Lord. I don't think this is just my thoughts. And so I stopped the digital work and you probably know as someone in this space that if you just stop cold turkey like that, it's kind of over, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did not feel (laughs) as peaceful as I thought I would. Um, I really thought I'd feel so peaceful, like, okay, I'm obeying the Lord and he's just going to have something for me. And, but really what I felt was just a lot of tension. And I felt like it was such an irrational business decision. And then one day I was just kind of angry, praying at him (laughs) and I was throwing a little pity party and I felt like he gave me the title of this book. And what he said originally was, you know, obviously it wasn't audible. It was just on my heart, but it was glasses off how to see God when your vision is blurred. And we've since changed it to seeing God when your vision is gone, but that was the working title. And so, but at the time I wasn't an author, I was writing, but I was like a secret writer. And so I did not look at it from the perspective that I should write it. I thought, okay, that's so clearly a book title. That's kind of weird and out of the blue. So I guess God wants me to, buy a book with that title. So I went on Amazon, I typed in the title, nothing came up. And then, you know, how it gives you like the recommended mm-hmm. books to read. Yeah. <laughs> they were all scientific. They were all about optometry. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I thought, Oh no, the Lord is going to take away my vision. Like my vision is going to be gone. I took it so literally. So I thought, I need to research about going blind. I need to tell my children, like, mommy's going (laughs) to lose her vision. And uh, by the grace of God, he, you know, quickly revealed to me within that week, like, I'm not asking you to buy a book. I'm asking you to write one. So fast forward a year, I started, well, I started writing immediately, but then a year later I was in a writing competition and they asked us to summarize our book with one word. And I asked my husband for his opinion because he had read all of my writing at that point. And I said, What do you think this book is about? Like, if you could use only one word. And he said, I think it's about, it's just about having vision in life. Like, I would say, vision is the word. And then everything clicked for me. So I was like, Okay, God's calling me to write about spiritual blindness and having clear vision, which is so ironic because. I was, you know, I'd stopped blogging, I'd stopped creating content. My audience was no longer there. Agencies were no longer paying me. God was calling me to this brand new industry to write books with no English degree, no connection, nothing to go on but faith. And so I was like, okay, I need this message. And I know I'm not the only person in the world who needs a fresh message, like not only full of hope, but also like clarity and discernment and super practical steps. So
0: Right. right. And I think that's so good because exactly what you just said, like as you're writing it, God's teaching you through it. And in a place where it sounded like you weren't real sure of what the vision was, God helped you to land on that. And, and from your experience, you've just offered so many great takeaways from like how to, I love your, your part about it, kind of how to differentiate between purpose, calling and vision, because you're so right. Like in our world, I feel like there's so many people using those words interchangeably, and sometimes they can feel so heavy, like, well, I don't have one great big vision for my life. Like, am I doing something wrong? You know, and it's, you really outlined it, which is really good as far as, you know, how your purpose then feeds into your calling and your, your vision. But, But what I really love that I would like for you to touch on is the seven steps to embrace and fulfill God's vision. I think there's a whole lot that you could talk on about kind of how to hear from God, how to see where he is working, but you have seven steps for just fulfilling a vision from God. So if you could briefly kind of touch on those, this is in chapter eight of the book. If you can briefly just walk us through those and maybe you just give a little summary of each one, little takeaways of each of the seven steps.
1: Sure. Yeah. This is for my people who are wanting super practical Kind of like a
0: system. Yes, but now <laughs> yeah. What? Now what I got?
1: Yeah. So these are the things God took me through. I can't speak for anyone else, but it's been helpful to the people that have read it. They've had some insight. So I call it the vision journey. And the first step is to recognize the vision. And of course, if you buy the book, you can read more in depth. But basically, to summarize this one, it, it's which dream or idea has the most potential to showcase God's love, which one do you sense God's presence inside of? which one is is the most urgent? Like if you list out all of your thoughts or dreams or ideas, even if they're from God or they may just be your own good ideas, you can rate the sense of urgency you feel to following through with that from a one to a 10, 10 being the most urgent. So like for example with me, I could say write a book with this title. That's an idea or a thought. Um, have another child. That's an idea or a thought. Open a little boutique in my area. That's a thought. And I and I would go out into the margin on this piece of paper, and I would say, okay. Actually, though, how <laughs> convicting do I need is is having a child a ten? Is writing the book a ten? Is opening that boutique a ten? And it's going to be different for every person. So that's one way to kind of practically um, recognize something. Um, I'll tell you that hearing from God is often strange for me. It's not something I normally would have come up with. Like I would not have thought to put glasses on a title. I would not have thought to write a book. I would not, um, you know, have taken a picture of me wearing glasses and put it on a cover. It just sometimes it seems out of the blue. And that's another good way to tell. Sometimes it may be just a holy prompting. Um, The second step in the vision journey is to confirm that the vision is from God, which I found that praying for confirmation constantly is the only way to do that because you've got to listen for it. God tells us that if any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to us. And so sometimes what I figured out while going through it myself was I would skip from the first step, which was recognizing the vision and jump straight to processing it out loud with someone else, Mm -hmm. which which is the third step involving others. But if I skip that prayer, then I actually don't have any power over my God-given vision until I pray about it. Right.
0: Um, So so often God will take what you think is a God given vision because it is good and honorable and little things like "Mm, this ain't quite right. I know I've definitely been there before. And and the people in your life are just speaking. They're just speaking what they know to be true and to be helpful. But it's God who really kind of confirms or doesn't confirm. I um personally, I've recently had a time where I was just fasting. Me and my husband were fasting together in prayer for specific um, kind of next steps. And it was so interesting to me, like, you know, because I think when people hear like, oh, we'll just pray about it. Well, how does God confirm it? He does it in different ways. But one recent way for me that he did that I thought was just Interesting and cool. And I was praying about things. I was listing out all the different ideas, just like you said. For some people, they don't have a million ideas a day. I do. Sounds like you do <laughs> a million ideas. Of <laughs> is this something that you know that God is wanting? So I was just making notes on my phone, and and just trying to everything that came into my mind. I would just write it down. Like is this from the Lord? I don't know. I'm praying and I'm seeking and I'm fasting, and so I'm just going to write down whatever comes my way. And there was one strong thing around Bible journaling and, um, and helping to, to, to teach people in groups to Bible journal, um, to equip leaders to start Bible journaling groups at their church. And what I thought was so cool is God absolutely wants you to hear what he wants you to know. So as I felt this prompting, I got a Facebook message from somebody who I never met before asking me for the exact thing that God was prompting me to do that. I had not said anything about that. I had not put any fillers out there about that. It was just this crazy timing. And so I was like, okay, God, I got you. I hear you. Whenever you're telling me something, I am praying and seeking what you say, not what everybody else says. And then we get this, you know, Facebook request for exactly what it is. Like, that's just that confirmation. So, Anyway, I just wanted to add that in there because you know you're talking about praying, praying about it. I think sometimes people think, okay, we can pray about it, but how does God confirm it? And He's not going to send you a Facebook message every single time, <laughs> but uh, but He does confirm it in different ways. How have you seen usually how God confirms it with you? So if you're you've got the vision, you know you're you know step one is to recognize that step two is confirm that the vision is from God. You're praying. Where does the confirmation come from when you are praying?
1: Yeah. I mean, I love that story. That gives me chills because only God can, can do that. And so someone had to follow God's prompting to send you a Facebook message. Yeah, It yeah. It just all works so beautifully together. So yeah, same thing as me. I mean, he can I've gotten an email before. It's just, it's just the next door. Like it's mm-hmm. the next open door. And if you don't
0: mm-hmm. walk
1: through that first door, then that second one doesn't open. Cause it's like a chain effect. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great, the next open door. I love that when you're in prayer and then you see an open door.
1: Yeah. And so, and you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, some of the, so the third step is to involve others. And that's some of that can be confirmation from real life people in your circle. But if you just skip that step and you don't actually bring it to God often and first, it sort of manipulates the vision into what we're like hoping for versus what God's actually trying to do, Mm -hmm. I guess. So, yeah, the third step is involving others. And that's just, you know, we know plans fell for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. When you start involving other people in this God-given idea then you're held publicly accountable for that assignment and they can offer prayer. And, you know, there's someone else watching and -hmm. you're like, okay, this is real now. It's not just something I'm secretly journaling about right? or texting my closest friend. Like if you, if you feel like you should start a small group at your church, you got to do the background check. You've got to sign the forms. You've got to, you know, other people see it happen. And so I think that's an important step
0: sometimes involving others is the confirmation that we need on back on step two. So again, just a quick story from that I think of when I when I read this was whenever I was I know you don't know a whole lot about our business and our background, but we had a small brick and mortar studio for five years and then we moved to a bigger studio on Main Street and that bigger studio was like quadruple the rent. And it's like, okay, I had this what I thought was a prompting from God. And then it got stronger and stronger. And so then for me, I needed people in my inner circle. I needed their wisdom. So I went to them. My dad, he's like, I think you have no choice but to go bigger. You've outgrown where you are. My brother is like, you know, all successful people take a risk. You got to take a risk. My mom is on board. But my husband, he was slower to come on board. And so I was like, I'm not doing this without him being in alignment with me. And it took a little longer of him praying and processing and thinking. But then he sent me a picture one day of of the outside of that studio. He just took a picture, like Photoshopped our logo up on the top of it. And he was like, let's do it. (laughs) And um, I thought, oh, that's so good. And so I just want to add that in there that involving others, if you choose the right people to involve with your dreams can oftentimes confirm that, yes, this is, you know, this is from the Lord. So just want to throw that in there. But go on to number four. You said dream and design the vision.
1: Oh, I love that. It's so important for spouses to get on board with our dreams and vice versa, because everybody is so different and we may not understand why the Lord would ask them to do something. So it's just so um, important to be able to support the people in your life.
0: But yeah, absolutely.
1: uh, Yes. Number four, dream and design the vision. Basically, this is just... Sort of the fun, the fun step. It's visualizing the specifics of the vision if there were absolutely no limitations at all. So I call this the Mary Poppins step. Like, what would you do? How would you complete the vision if you were limitless? Because sometimes I think us practical people can disarm our unrealistic brain and we can say, well, there's all these limitations. These are, this is unrealistic. But to be honest, you know, God is not limited. And so we just have to remember, let's, let's just try and dream it as if God is doing it and not us. And then once we've disarmed that logical side of our brain, and we've come up with lots of creative things, the fifth step is taking those dreamy dream steps, and then planning and putting in the work. Mm -hmm. So doing like the action items with the resources available to us. So I call this the Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness step because he, his dream was wall street and it seemed so unattainable, but what did he do? He, you know, he figured out the guy, he got in the cab. And once he's in the cab, all he had was a Rubik's cube. And, and so those were, I think those are a good um, kind of duo. I don't think we should do one or the other, but both. Mm-hmm. and. So that's all the preparing, the planning, the strategy, strategy, the research, budgeting. Yeah. And yeah,
0: then your the verse that you quoted in that one, Proverbs 14, 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty because talk is easy. <laughs> it's, the, it's the work and the planning and the steps that is the nitty gritty.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's harder than just talking. <laughs> <laughs> And then the sixth step is to update the plan as needed. So just being open to redirection from the Lord, not clinging so tightly onto that original dream, but letting God grow it and shape it. And, mm-hmm. and then the last step is to pursue the vision at all costs until God decides it's over. Um, because sometimes I think there's a result that God may be looking to gain through us. And sometimes I think he's just trying to teach us mm-hmm. discipline and maturity and steadfastness. And we don't really ever know why he has us go through stuff, but I, you you it's pretty clear when God decides something's over. So. Do you have I any pressed on? I think we should press on until it maybe we're changed in the process of it. I know that's been helpful. Um, but it's just kind of like what I said in the beginning with knowing and discerning and praying for that. I, like, I could just kind of tell that the Lord was telling me to stop. I didn't really know why, uh, it felt like a lost vision, a lost dream, but he was preparing this new, totally different ride for me that I'm in now that looking in hindsight, you're like, Oh, that's what you were doing.
0: Okay. Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. How long was before he, before he, you stopped one thing, you felt like the Lord was saying, this is time for you to stop this. How long before he gave you a new vision for what's next? Because I think a lot of people are nervous to do the stopping, even though they feel like prompting of this is not right for me in this season. I don't feel like this is what, where God wants me. But when they don't know the next step, it's so scary to stop one thing before starting another. And, and especially in your case, like you were saying, Especially if it's income based, it's really hard to stop something that brings in income if you don't know what the next thing is. So, in your story, what was the timeline between when you stopped your um your digital work and then moved towards this this new dream?
1: I mean, well over a year, maybe two years, maybe three. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, and I just spent that whole time just okay, Lord. Well, okay, so this is interesting. Like before. Cause I've been a Christian for a long time and I would read the Bible to gather his will. Cause I'm really good at following a list and I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I can follow through. You can trust me. I'll I'll execute. Like, what do you want me to do? What's your will? And when that didn't work, because basically he's not a big sky genie, that's just going to be like, here's the entire blueprint for your whole life and what you're asking. Right. For. right yeah then I just started, I just started going, okay, I'm going to be open-minded about you. I'm not going to put you in a box and I'm going to, every day I'm going to establish a daily date with you. And I call it my DDG, my daily date with God. And every day I said, Lord, meet me here. If you care about me at all, if you're real, meet me here. And every day I just kept doing that. And after probably a year or two of that, then I no longer cared about like, quote unquote, figuring out his will. Mm -hmm. And I wrote somewhere in the book, I stumbled into intimacy when all that I was looking for was information. Mm, And that's just entirely true. So, you know, but what's ironic is that as I got so close to him, and as that intimacy was actually real and years long, then he started revealing things to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just so ironic.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he wants that relationship with us. He doesn't need us to be doers. He allows us to be doers and to co-create with him and to create things that bring people. But He doesn't need that. He wants that relationship with his kiddos. So can you, for anybody who that might sound intriguing to a daily date with God, maybe they don't, you know, have a quiet time or a routine. Can you describe what that looks like for
1: you? Yes. so mine is normally not a routine so every day is fresh just like I try to date my husband we try to we'll go on a picnic in some place we haven't been or we'll go out to eat at a place that we haven't been and so I do the same thing because I I just was like you know I don't think Jesus sat down every day and in the same spot and said we have to do this to be Christian I think he Mm -hmm. met people where they were he went on walks he prayed and different gardens and mountaintops and so i just try to take his lead with the the ddg and so i you know it, it will look different for you but for me i sometimes journal i sometimes like just pay attention to nature i don't bring my phone with me sometimes i pray in my closet sometimes i worship in the shower and I'm not a very good singer so i turn it up <laughs> and sometimes i I'll kind of listen in the car if my kids aren't in there and they're not talking. If I'm alone in the car, it's a good time to listen to the Lord, studying his word. I do have a favorite Bible. I do have like a favorite couch and a favorite highlighter. And when I do the reading of the Bible, it's pretty rich, uh, ritualized. I'll have a coffee. I'll sit on my same red couch and I'll study the footnotes. And but yeah, I can look, it can look beautiful and different every day. The the main thing I would encourage is presence and awareness. So I don't like, I'm not, I would love to be a morning person, but I have a sleep disorder. And so I'm really no good until I actually have had my cup of coffee. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah. And so for me, if I tried to do something when I'm not really fully able to like download or process, then it just falls into that legalistic thing that we can get into sometimes. So I would just encourage you to be aware and present. And I think the Lord appreciates your heart.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that it does, you know, not legalistic, not same place, same time. Although there is some value in having a discipline of same place, same time, um, because that helps you get into the routine of it, but it just needs to be so much more than a routine. Like it's a good discipline to spend that time, but it's also, so beautiful when it becomes all day, every day, you know, I mean, not all, not 24 seven, but wherever you are, just like you said, whether it's in the car on
1: a walk, wherever
0: God can meet with you there. So well, yeah. and if, you're,
1: if you're going from zero to try to make it a habit, you can just say for the next 60 days in a row, I'm going to have a daily date with God. It may not look the same, but I will spend time with him for 60 days in a row somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe one worship song. And then tomorrow is, you know, a 30 minute thing, Yeah, but every single day for 60 days, and then it'll become a habit. So that yeah, that's a good point. I love that.
0: Well, let me go ahead. I'm going to read some of the chapters from your book, just the titles so that people listening, if they want to get your book, they'll know a little bit more about what it's about. So chapter one, it's a vision from God that is specific to you. Distinguishing between purpose, calling, and vision permission to dream, stumbling blocks along the way, everything begins with a vision, the cost of a lost vision, practical steps for fulfilling a vision, that's the one we really highlighted today, Building Momentum, Goal Setting God's Way, Setting Boundaries to Protect Your Vision, and then it's about them. And so if people are like, you know what? That sounds like just the book I need. I have been in a place of not knowing my next steps, not knowing how to hear from God, not knowing what he wants for me. If they can find value in this book, which I think they can, where can they find more about you? Where can they order the book? Tell us all the things.
1: Uh, Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart, dot com and, and Apple Books.
0: Awesome. And we will have links in our show notes, too. So thank you so much, Sierra, for spending time with us. Thank you for following God's prompting to, to write this. I do think it's going to help a lot of people. And we just appreciate you being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I hope y'all enjoyed that podcast. Y'all be sure to go like, subscribe, this leave a review. Let us know how you're liking it. We like that feedback. And if you want to follow us on other social platforms, on Instagram, it's Pizzazz Art Studio. Same for Facebook, and Pizzazz is P Z A Z Z. Pizzazz Art Studio. Go check us out and see what all we have to offer over there.